Welcome to Expand Storytelling. I'm Chelsea Bay, and I'm passionate about seeing the magic that's right in front of me and inspiring others to see and feel it too. Expand is a storytelling event featuring individuals who choose to live for their everyday, how they came to find the little things that make them come alive, and how they continue to expand their being from right here. Expand over contract, now over someday, love over fear, joy over success. Never arriving, always expanding. Polly Herbert brings a ridiculous and sunny disposition to the table. Whether he is flying commercial airplanes, running a quick 25 miles through the woods, in animated conversations with dogs, or finding the best taco joint in any town. Here's Polly's story from the October 2023 event in Traverse City, Michigan. No man ever steps in the same river twice, for it's not the same river and he's not the same man, Heraclitus. I spent a lot of time as a child climbing trees. You could say that activity requires a lack of fear. I like to think that I was forming a relationship with it. The thought of a broken arm is always scary, but I was curious what life looked like from the top of the tree. I taught myself to keep one foot planted on my trusted branch while gently leaning into uncharted territories. Next thing you know, I could be seen comfortably napping on my favorite branch on a summer afternoon. This was in the 80s. I don't have any children of my own, but when I hear the common standard of parenting today, it makes me feel like I grew up in the Wild West. <laughs> Once the training wheels came off my bike and the, quote, only ride to the end of the block restriction was lifted, all of Kalamazoo felt like my playground. I still don't think my parents know how far I used to travel on my little red giant bicycle. In high school, I was a little wild and adventurous. I was also a lot shy. I had a crush on a girl on the bus. She was not shy, and despite my awkwardness, she befriended me. One day, she strolled down the aisle and plopped down in her seat behind me with bright red hair. It's so fucking cool. I told her that I liked her hair, and she told me I should dye mine. I wanted to be cool, so I impulsively dyed my hair blue. I never stood a chance with Kara, however, this decision, I believe, had an even more powerful effect. I was now wearing my freak flag on my head, and there was no hiding it. It's like the filter had been removed and my authentic personality was free to roam. And it turns out that uh, people like that. My blue hair led to a blue guitar, and combined with my new outgoing nature, I joined a band. Years later, my old drummer would send me a message on AOL Instant Messenger <laughs> saying, you should move to Traverse City and go to flight school. I knew nothing of Traverse City or that there was a civilian path to become a pilot. I can do that, I asked. Yep, no further investigation took place. <laughs> Sounds awesome, I'm in. At the time, I was on a two-year hiatus from college, managing a pizza place, smoking a lot of weed, and absolutely unsure what I wanted to do with my life. I'd always known I wanted to skydive, and I'd been doing that since the law allowed. So 19-year-old me packed up and moved to Traverse City, and today me is a professional airline pilot. 22-year-old me, on July 9th, 2008, I was as wild as ever. 
Days earlier, I had ended a one-year relationship and had done so rather quickly. My friends understandably questioned my judgment, seeing it as an impulsive mistake. However, I knew. And that night, I descended upon the bar, Union Street Station, on a mission for drunken debauchery to begin my summer of single. It was within moments that I heard a soft yet confident voice say to me, hey, wanna dance on that pool table? <laughs> we did dance on that pool table. There are photos to prove it. That would turn out to be our first of countless dances. Four years later, we danced on that same pool table a second time, except this time, she was wearing a wedding dress, and I was reliving the most serendipitous moment of my life. A ridiculous human being with a sunny disposition is how Kelly described herself. I describe her as my best friend, smoking hot, and my greatest teacher. On her left side, she got a tattoo. It's a simple outline of a bird with the words, remember to love, incorporated. It was something her grandmother often told her and her words that she would come to live by. Her call to empathy. <laughs> Oops, sorry. The words she would say to herself when she was cut off in traffic or her boyfriend was being an idiot. Taking the perspective that perhaps that driver is on their way to the hospital. Or Polly is operating on a subconscious response system programmed from childhood. The answer to these and all situations is love, and it was contagious. She taught me that a great marriage isn't just about companionship, which we had nailed down. We were each other's favorite comedians and could still be caught in the corner of a bar ferociously making out. I married Kelly without hesitation because I knew that she held my hand walking down a path of growth. Today, she is still my teacher. Her lessons are on the power of acceptance, connection, and of course, remembering to love, even through the lens of suffering and loss. 10 days short of our one year anniversary, I was finishing up playing a gig with my band. After the set, I joined Kelly on the dance floor with the house music still going strong. I had gear to take home in my car and she had her bicycle to ride home and we loved riding our bicycles. A few blocks from home, she was struck by a driver and dragged just short of our home. The first and last thing we did together was dance, and she died that night. Sometimes I still wish I had been able to just have one more moment with her, to share even just a few words before she died, to tell her I love her one more time. Then I take a deep breath and know that she knew. And I've always known what to do since that day because we talked about it. From the comfort of our couch with no real expectations that one of us may die soon, we discussed how we wanted the other to carry on if tragedy struck. It was incredibly simple and the best gift I've ever received to know that she wanted me to keep going, be happy and find love again. In the days after her death, our friends, although grieving themselves, surrounded me with love and support. They were like a force of nature. We had a celebration of Kelly's life. The only thing I had to do was answer questions of what Kelly would want, my expertise. There was one thing I knew we had to do, ride our bikes. 
After a gathering in a park with live music and speeches from her closest loved ones, I delivered a speech on focusing on how her love affected me so deeply and ended that speech with the line, I promise you'll always be in my heart and I'm going to keep growing. I then threw my leg over my bicycle and led a thousand people on a bike ride through the town that we love. Riding the thing that I refused to fear. I didn't make that choice consciously. I just knew that that's what she would have wanted. I realize now that what I did was set a precedent for myself moving forward. A bicycle had become a symbol for me, and by choosing to love it instead of fear it, that's how I would approach every choice that followed. When we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. Viktor Frankl. Two years later, I was still finding joy in all the places they were before, except I was lonely. I accepted that Kelly was gone, I just, I just missed her. So I decided to go on an adventure, to go it alone. Sometimes the most direct path to comfort is to get uncomfortable. I shipped my bicycle to Vancouver, Canada and planned a ride down the west coast to Tijuana. I made it to Tijuana and I didn't want to stop. I turned left and rode my bike to Jacksonville and traded sunsets over the Pacific for a sunrise in the Atlantic. The thought of flying home seemed anticlimactic and by this time, Riding a bicycle 80 plus miles a day alone felt quite comfortable. So I rode back to Traverse City. I rode home. I passed through Kalamazoo, rode by the house I grew up in, and paused at the end of the block where my adventures used to end, and thanked that little kid for being curious. The stories from my bike tour could fill a novel, and perhaps someday they will. For now, I'll just sum it up by saying, confidence is a result of experience. And after seven months, 6,000 miles, that flowed seamlessly between extreme challenges and effortless beauty, I am confident that I am capable of more than I think. Nature is healing. People are kind. Movement is essential. And perspective is everything. Out of all the experiences, the most profound was the time I had to my thoughts. Time to reflect and pull meaning from moments. The most profound connection I made on this journey was with myself, a clarity of mind that has continued to expand. I think back on all these experiences throughout my life and realize how little control I had over any of it. Why do I make the choices that I do? How do I find myself in some of the most beautiful and the most challenging situations? Sometimes the most unsuspecting moments in life turned turned out to, to be the first domino that flicked onto a new path, creating an unknowable pattern that is me. How could I have known that dyeing my hair blue because of a childhood crush would set me on a path to meet my wife? What if I hadn't been single when I walked into that bar? I wouldn't have even been in that bar if it hadn't been for a three-minute conversation on AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> Am I even asking the right questions? I believe the world is black and white. I know that I'm here and things happen. It's perspective that's the paintbrush that colors every experience. My bike tour illustrated to me the art of letting go. 
I didn't plan too far ahead. I trusted that my past would carry me forward. And I paid close attention to the present. That's how I choose to live my life. Letting go of expectations. I'm not trying to steer the river. Knowing that everything is temporary and choosing to love over fear. I can't know the future significance of a moment while it's happening. So I'm just embracing all of them and finding gratitude everywhere I am. There's so much to be grateful for. I mean, holy shit, have you looked around? <laughs> Beauty is everywhere. I choose to be in awe of it all. I still feel it every time I lift a plane off the ground. Clouds. I just love clouds. <laughs> every deep conversation with a friend. Dogs. <laughs> they let me take their dog whenever I want. It's great. <laughs> Music. Water. Breathing. Coffee. I rode my bike here tonight. I wrote that earlier today, and then I was running late, so I drove. <laughs> Honesty. <laughs> Amazing. Pizza. Amazing. I'm grateful for the suffering I've endured. I wouldn't have chosen it, but since changing the past is off the table, I will accept the skill of mindfulness I've gained in the present. There are moments in life when, you're, when you are just completely present, and you know what I mean. I read that in a book, and what came to mind for me was skydiving. I have over 100 skydives, and what surprises people is how calming it is to me. And it's that, it's that presence of mind. Where, where else would you be in that moment? You are right there, weightless, free. Your perspective at 14,000 feet shows you clearly how big the world is, and it makes my problems feel small. When I safely return my feet to the ground, I am reminded that death could find me at any moment. And I hope when it does, I'll know I was present for my entire life. I'm not perfect at that, far from it. I'm simply on a path. To keep myself sharp, I need to remind myself. I read books, I do hard things, I celebrate failures. I put myself in those places where presence comes easy. Last July, 10 years to the day since my last dance with Kelly, I went to Glacier National Park and spent three days trail running up and down some of the most beautiful mountains on the continent. Somewhere on the trail, I stopped to talk with a man and his wife. Husband and wife, is that? <laughs> he asked me if I was afraid to be out here alone. I simply said, I love this more than I'm afraid of it. I think he was more concerned about the specific threat of bears. <laughs> that I know that I was referring to my entire life. Kelly taught me that I'm stronger than my greatest fear. And I'm still just a kid climbing trees. Limited understanding and limitless wonder.